0: 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to continue with that theme that we just had in the children's sermon this morning. Um, We're in a series about the enemy that we have, spiritually speaking. And uh, this morning we want to talk about uh, one of the ways that um, Satan gets us to bite the hook, essentially. So I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 13. It says, For such people are false prophets, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. This is the word of the Lord. If you have your sermon outline this morning, we want to start uh, with an important idea that we're going to Uh, delve into in in depth today, and that is this. Uh, Sin takes what is good and twists it just enough. Sin takes what is good and twists it just enough. So we're going to look in this passage this morning. Verse 14 is what I'm interested in. The larger passage has to do with false apostles, false prophets that, uh, that Paul was dealing with there. And he's just talking to the people, At Corinth about the fact, listen, don't believe these guys that are teaching you things that are wrong, even though they may sound kind of convincing at first. And as he notes in verse 14, this is what's important for us, that they are kind of following up on something that Satan himself does. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And what he's saying there is that there are times when Satan, in appearing to folks, appears to be this angel of light, this angel of goodness, and people will believe something that the enemy is trying to convince them of because it comes in a form that looks very enticing. And that idea of something coming from Satan that's not like directly saying, okay, I know this is wrong, but let's go forward and do it anyway, that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You'll remember when Satan came to tempt Eve, he didn't say, listen, we, we, you shouldn't believe in God or... Uh, Or or you should just reject God, but instead, he just came with a question that that just kind of twisted what God said just enough. He said, did God really say that you couldn't eat from all the trees in the garden? Well, in fact, God had never said that. God had said, don't eat from this one particular tree, but Satan twisted that a little bit and within there also kind of put a, can can we really trust God in this? Uh, Kind of a a twist to it, and, and it ended up going in a bad direction. And this morning what we want to talk about, I want to look at several examples here in a second, is this is a way that Satan so often gets us to do things that are wrong. Um, It is that he takes that which is good. God is the creator of all that is good. God has given us this good world that now has fallen, but it was originally a good world. God has given us so many joyful things in this world that we are to have and, and that we are to receive as good gifts. And Satan doesn't just throw all those out and say, we're not going to do any of those. Instead, we're going to pursue these things that are bad. We're going to pursue these things that are evil. Because why? It would be like somebody fishing and just putting the hook in. And the fish is going to look at it and say, no, I'm not going to bite that hook. No, you you have to have something that's tempting there. And so what Satan does, and this is really important, Satan takes so often something that is a good gift from God and twists it just enough so we still are have an appeal to, we still have a desire for that part of it that is good, but we don't realize or we don't pay attention to the fact that he is twisted a little bit to make it no longer that good thing, but rather something that goes in a negative direction. Now, I, I, I've listed in your outline just examples and I've left a blank space because I want to go through a bunch of them uh, and I'll I'll be quick about it. But this is so prevalent. Like, What we're talking about this morning is not something where we say, now, you're rarely going to have to deal with this, but in case you come up upon a situation, I'm going to talk about that this morning. No, this is something that happens over and over and over again in temptations. This is one of the major ways that Satan tempts us. He takes a good gift from God and then twists it just a little bit so we're still drawn to it, but it is no longer good in the sense of what God desired for us to have. Let's look at I think I have seven examples. We'll look at seven examples. I'll be brief about them, but I want you to see over and over again where this shows up. first example is uh, is sex. The first example is sex. So sex is a good gift from God. It was God who created us male and female for each other that we might enjoy each other. Sex was God's idea, and it is to be something joyfully received within marriage as as an expression of the love that we have. So Satan doesn't go in that situation and say, sex is terrible, you should never pursue that, that's horrible. No, he knows that sex is a good gift from God, and it's something that we desire because it's part of how he made us. What Satan does, here's the phrase again, Satan takes the good gift from God and twists it just enough. What does he say? Let's give one example. Satan doesn't say, sex is terrible, you shouldn't do that. What Satan does is he says, sex is a great thing. But this whole idea that you have to wait until marriage to have sex, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Who would do that? You should just go and enjoy sex with whoever you want to, whenever you want to, and it's not that big of a deal. Did you see what he did there? He took the good gift from God and twisted the truth of it just enough to turn it into something where we are pursuing something that is wrong. Now, why did God originally say that sex was to be enjoyed within the confines of marriage? Is it because because God is a stick in the mud who doesn't want everybody to have fun? No. It's because Sex is a gift from God that is, that is something that is deeply meaningful and not meant to, to just be thrown around as though it doesn't matter that much at all. It is to be the joining of two souls as they come together physically. And as we think about that, it, it's something that, that we need to understand is a good gift from God, and God has given us the instructions on it because he wants us to enjoy it in a way that will bring true joy and goodness and not, like Satan is doing, tempting us in a wrong direction. So on that subject, let's look at a different example uh, within that. Pornography. Pornography takes the good gift of God that is included within sex, which is our sexual desire, male for female and female for male. It takes that good desire that we have there, and then it twists it just enough to say, listen, you don't need to to be concerned about the other person. You don't need to be concerned uh, uh, about taking care of them. It's just, it's all about you and your pleasure. And that's the only thing that matters. Sex is a bigger industry in America today than the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. People spend more money on pornography in America today than every single movie that is released to the box office in a normal year. I realize last year was unusual. But in a normal year, all the money that we spend at the box office on every single movie that comes out to movie theaters, Americans spend more money on pornography than all those movies combined. Every single year. Why? because there is this good desire within us for sex, and Satan comes and he twists it just enough to say, you don't have to do it in the ways that God said to pursue it within the confines of marriage. Pursue it in another way. And that gets us down a path of temptation. Second example is this. Not only does Satan do that with, um, with sex, he also does that with belief in God. Belief in God. Now, there are sometimes times where... where People will say, you know, you should be an atheist and you shouldn't believe in God. But that's a relative minority of people. What does the majority of people do that is pleasing to Satan? Satan doesn't say don't believe in God. What he says is, okay, it's okay to believe in God, but this following Jesus stuff, that's, that's a little too much. This whole reading the Bible every day thing, come on, that's a little extreme. This whole being passionate about following God and everything and making him Lord of your life so that he's the one that gets to make the decisions. Come on, you need to be your own boss. It doesn't bother Satan one bit if you say you believe in God, if you're not a follower of Jesus. Why? Because what, God, what Satan has done there is take God's truth. You need to believe in God. You need to believe in Jesus. And he doesn't say reject that. He twists it just enough. It's okay to believe in God, this vague, warm, fuzzy uh, grandfather in the sky. That's okay. Okay. Just don't get down to actually doing what Jesus said. And in so doing, he has tempted us to do something that is wrong by taking that which is good and maneuvering just a little bit off. Third thing. trying to be as brief as I can, but I'm not doing a very good job. The third thing is uh, the world was created to be good. The world was created to be good. So when we go back to Genesis, as God creates the world... Um, he says, and it was good. So the world in which we live, it is fallen now, but the world was originally good. And so when we look around at the physical world, we don't say like some other religions, you know, everything that is physical is bad. We believe that everything was created by God and he is in the process of not only redeeming us, but Romans tells us, redeeming the world itself. And so what Satan does there is he doesn't say, now all the material things are bad, you shouldn't pursue any of them. But instead what he says is, all those material things are good, And it's worth pursuing them in your life as the goal of your life. What country does that better than any other country? America. We are consumed with materialism, and we live in a country where we are constantly told you know what would make you happy? More stuff. You know what would really satisfy your soul? that brand new iPhone that they just came out with. You know what would really just fill your heart to overflowing? If you went to the mall and spent $500 on a shopping spree. That would really make you happy. Again, it's not that physical things are bad, because the world that God created is good. It's that Satan twists it just enough and says, not only are they good, but you can find your life satisfaction if you pursue those things. The things of this earth are good, but they're not where we find our soul satisfaction. That is in jesus christ satan takes a truth and he twists it just enough number four is um having meaningful relationships having meaningful relationships we were made as social creatures and we are supposed to as social creatures uh have those interactions with everybody and what satan will do instead is it's not that you shouldn't have those social interactions but you know what if it takes a little bit of gossip to get you in good with somebody so you're one of the insiders that's perfectly good Now, we know that having that kind of gossip will ultimately destroy relationships because there's not trust there, but but the temptation is there. You You can have those meaningful relationships, but it's okay if you gossip a little bit to get in in order to have those. Again, he takes the truth, which is we need people around us and we need those meaningful relationships, and he twists it in a way that ultimately leads to the demise of those relationships rather than us enjoying those relationships. The next one, uh, rest is good. Rest is good. We know biblically that rest is something that we're supposed to have. In fact, God said every seventh day was to be a day of rest. And so God gave us rest. But instead what Satan says is rest is good. And you know what? You deserve to relax and be entertained. You deserve, you work so hard, you deserve to, to relax and be entertained. What does that lead to? How much of our lives today do we waste on social media. I mean flush down the toilet waste on social media. How much of our lives, and I'm not opposed to a TV show or something every now and again, but how much of our lives do we waste binging, you know, over the course of a weekend, 12 hours or 24 hours of a particular show, when we're not doing things that are actually meaningful to our lives, or doing things that are meaningful to our faith. Rest is good. And Satan takes that and he twists it just enough. Rest is good. And, and you deserve, you deserve to just kick back and enjoy without doing anything worthwhile at all. You deserve that. And so just sit there and scroll for hours. It's okay. You just sit there and, and binge that show. It's okay. And he, has, and he has us wasting our lives by taking that truth that rest is good and twisting it just enough that we end up pursuing all these stupid things. And then the last one, and I want to get into three points on how we respond to this. The the seventh one, and there are a lot more examples. In fact, I cut three this morning for the sake of time. But um, the the seventh one is uh, being a good citizen is good. Being a good citizen is good. Um, We we are to be a part of the the country that we're in. and We're to be good citizens. We're to vote. We talked about this Wednesday night. I encourage you to go back and listen to Wednesday night's entire sermon. But but the point I just want to make this this morning is this. Um, and this sermon was written a long time ago before all the struggles we've been going through over the last couple months. Being a good citizen is good, but our ultimate salvation as humanity is not found in one party versus the other. Now, we need to pay attention, and we need to vote smart, and we need to be concerned about that, but if we think that any fallible human party created for the furtherance of a particular political agenda is going to create a humanity that is everything that we want, as opposed to thinking that Jesus Christ is the one that is going to get us where we need to be, then you're just, you're so far off. But exactly again, what we see is we do want to be good citizens as Christians. And Satan twists that and says, not only do you want to be good citizens, but if you get this particular person in, or if you get that particular person in, then everything is going to be great. I'm 51 years old. I have seen all different sorts of parties down through the years, and some are better and some are worse, but none of them have saved humanity. Jesus Christ saves humanity and so we need to be careful that we don't allow satan to twist that just a little bit to where we begin to put our faith in politics instead of putting our faith in jesus christ so in all these and the others i didn't share again you see that same pattern showing up again and again and again god takes god gives us a good gift and satan takes that good gift and twists it a little bit so that we get off course now how do we respond to that i want to share three things just briefly in terms of as we face temptation, how we can battle back and make sure that we're not the victim of this type of temptation within our own lives. The first thing we need to consider is this. We need to ask ourselves, does this just look good or feel good? Or is it good? Does this just look good or feel good? Or is it good? What God has given us in Jesus Christ, it's not the easy way, But it is a good way. It is the good way. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I come to bring you abundant life. When we have Jesus Christ, we have joy and love and peace that that no one else can give. Over in Galatians uh, chapter 5, I've listed these verses in your sermon outline. Uh, Over in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit and all those good things that come into our lives whenever we have Christ as He begins to make us like Him. And so as we understand that, what God desires to bring into our lives is not to make our lives sad and miserable, but instead, they are truly and deeply good things. And this is where people get off track, and and this is where what we're talking about this morning with Satan twisting that causes people to be confused. And and this is why. A lot of people presume if there is any good in something, that must mean it's from God. And so, when they see something that, you know, okay, I... kind of had a negative consequence there in a way, but, but there was this good desire within me. That, then it, it must be good in some way, right? And so therefore, I guess this is what we're supposed to pursue. And they don't see that what God has done, or what Satan has done, is take God's blessing and twist it just a little bit so that we go in the wrong direction. Two examples of that. How often, this is, it, it drives me insane how often this shows up. Let's talk about a couple of examples of, of what we just shared a moment ago. Talk about sex again for a second. So, People are in a relationship, and they end up having sex before they get married, and it's a joyful thing. Why? Because God created sex. And so, even though they are enjoying it within the confines of a, of a relationship they shouldn't be because they're not married yet, there is joy in that in the sense of the, the physical pleasure. And so they presume, you know, when we're having sex, it's so wonderful, and so therefore this must be good. It feels good, so it must be good, right? Right? No, it's the twisting of a gift that God gave. Think about this for a second. If you took, and I know this won't happen, if by some miracle tomorrow morning everyone woke up and said, you know what, I think what God said on sex is smart, and so we're going to start pursuing that. We're going to quit having sex outside of marriage, and we're just going to pursue sex the way that God said to. Think of the reduction in unwanted pregnancies, abortion, the number of broken hearts, um, of especially women who get used by men in those relationships for sex when they really didn't love them at all. Think, think of all the negatives that would disappear if tomorrow everybody said, let's, let's think that maybe God knows what he's talking about there. It would be a dramatic transformation, but the negatives are there and confuse people because Satan has twisted that truth in a way that uses what God desires for good in a negative way. Second example, we talked a minute ago about believing in God. And and again, it it looks good. Uh, We talked about feeling good a second ago. Let's talk about looking good. It looks good to show up for church. Hey, I I wore a suit. I showed up for church this morning. Isn't that a good thing? Well, it depends. Are you showing up for church because you want to be seen by everybody? And so you can say, well, you know, I, I believe in God enough to show up for church on Sunday, even though I'm not actually following him during the week. Are you doing it to look good? Or is it a part of you actually wanting to follow Jesus Christ and actually be, have everything that he desires in your life, in your life? If it just feels good, or if it just looks good, but then when we actually do it, there's some good there, but there's also a bunch of negative consequences, then maybe we are allowing Satan to trick us into using that which is good from God in a way that leads us in the direction of temptation. We need to be careful that it doesn't just look good or feel good, but that it actually is Good in our lives. Second thing is this the second point to avoiding this is you need to look for the hook. You need to look for the hook. This goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago with, um, uh, with the example of the, the fishing rod. And, and um, when it comes to temptation, the pleasure, the good, the joy is always front-loaded. And then the negative comes later. And so when we go into a situation where there appears to be some good there, it's a temptation, so it, it appeals to us. We need to be careful to look for the hook and see if there is some negative that's also uh, going to show up there. One of my favorite examples of this is, and we, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but I didn't really get into um, uh, indebtedness. That was one of the things I was going to talk about didn't have time to. But one of my favorite examples of this is when, let's just use furniture stores for a second. When furniture stores come on, when you watch their commercials, and what a great offer, six years, same as cash. Isn't that awesome? They're going to give me that furniture and let me pay for six years on it, and there'll be no interest. It'll be the same as cash. Aren't they generous? Well, why do they give that offer? They give that offer because what they have done in in the way that they've set that up is You have six years, same as cash. That is, six years with no interest. But, if you don't pay it off in six years, then as soon as that goes, the interest starts retroactively from day one. So you're actually paying interest on the whole amount um, because you didn't get it paid off in six years. What percentage of people don't get it paid off in six years? About 75 or 80%. Why are they making that offer? Because... It sounds so good up front. Six years, same as cash, but the hook is in the back. You're going to pay all the interest if you're 80% of the people. You just don't realize it until you don't make that payment in time. So what would that look like in terms of some of the examples that we used? Um, Let me just look up a couple real quick. So let's talk about relationships. Um, We we talked about the, the relationships and gossiping and Look for the hook. If it ends up that I gossip and that gets me in with people and so I have that relationship, but I end up with the, the, the gossip causing those things to fracture and I end up with less trust and less people that I, I can be around, okay, look for the hook there. Was there, as I look back on that and say, man, you know, that didn't lead to me having more trusting good relationships. It led to me having less. There was a hook. I, I need to be careful about that. The rest and relaxation example I used a minute ago, and When I'm done, let's just pick on social media for a second. When I am done watching, flipping through social media for an hour, do I feel better about myself and my world, or do I feel worse about myself and my world? I, we were just talking about it before service. So many folks, especially our young people, are in situations where they end up feeling dramatically worse. Depression levels are much higher today than they were 10 years ago, in part because of social media. More young people today feel lonely and isolated than they did 10 years ago, even though social media is supposed to connect us. There's a hook there. Up front, it looks like, man, I can have all these friends through social media, and in the end, I end up feeling lonelier. That's a hook. We need to look for that and make sure that as we pursue these things, we don't end up with negatives at the end instead of the good gifts that God wants. Third thing is this. Third and last thing I want to say is this. If you don't know God's truth, you're dumb as a carp. If you don't know God's truth, you're dumb as a carp. Now, I'm not making a a statement uh, here saying that the carp is the dumbest of all the fishes. It's certainly the ugliest, one of the ugliest of all the fishes. But, I don't know, every time I've seen a carp, I'm going to be judgmental for a second. Every time I've seen a carp, they just look pretty dumb. So I'm going to pick on carp for a second. When, When you don't know God's truth and you're going through life and you don't know what Jesus said about forgiveness and you don't know what Jesus said about watch what your eyes are seeing and you don't know what Jesus said about anger and you don't know what Jesus said about all these truths and you're just wandering through life and you don't understand the truths that Jesus gave, you are in a position where you are easy to pick off as far as Satan is concerned. If you're not aware of the truth of Christ, If you're not aware of what God said in the Bible, you're going to be an easy target. It would be like a soldier walking through Afghanistan without his gun. He's in an incredibly vulnerable position. And if you're walking through life without knowing the sword of the Spirit, the truth of of the Word of God, and actually not just saying, I believe the Bible, I think it's great, but actually knowing what's in the Bible, you're in an incredibly vulnerable position. For some of you this morning, as I was talking about, I'll, I'll pick the first example I used. For some of you watching this morning, as I was talking about sex, and talking about what the Bible says about that, that was the first person that you have heard say that in forever. Why? Because everybody you're listening to on TV, and and, in podcasts, and on radio, they're all saying the exact opposite of what I said. And if you're not in the Word to say, okay, this is what God said, sex is a good gift, but it's to be enjoyed within the confines of marriage, You're getting barraged by all these other voices that are pointing you in the exact opposite direction. And if you don't know the truth of God, you are a sitting duck to be taken in a direction that Satan wants you to go. Because all he has to do, main point, is just twist it just enough. And you're like, hey, that feels good. Let's go after it. And not only do a ton of the world pursue, to use that example, sex in ways that are inappropriate, but a ton of the kids that are rising up in the church Because they don't know the word of God. And sitting in a pew for an hour on Sunday morning is not the same thing as being a follower of Jesus Christ. What I want to warn you this morning as we're going through this series on the enemy is that many of us are in a situation where we are being tempted day in and day out and we don't even fully realize what he is doing to get us to go down that path. We need to understand Satan will take the good gift of God, twist it just enough so that it sends us in the wrong direction, and we buy into it because there is something about it that looks or feels good. This morning in your own life, whether it has to do with your anger, your materialism, your sex life, whether it has to do with your relationships, whatever it has to do with, it may be one of the things I mentioned this morning or maybe something else that the Holy Spirit has brought up to your mind. Where this morning are you living with the negative effects of sin in your life because you are allowing Satan to make you believe that something is good when he has really twisted the truth of God and made it just look good or feel good? Father, I thank you this morning that you have not left us defenseless when it comes to the lies of Satan. And I pray this morning that this message for, for each of us would be a wake-up call. Father, may, in each of our hearts today, may we ponder the sin that is in our lives and ask whether we have believed the lie of Satan. Father, I thank you you love us enough to tell us the truth. And I pray that we would be wise enough to listen to you and believe that you are good and pursue what you said is good. I pray in Jesus' name.